Hey friends, today I want to talk about the second coming of Christ. And I know that we haven't even finished celebrating the first coming of Christ at Christmas, but actually uh, the timing is kind of perfect because all Advent we've been talking about waiting, waiting, waiting for Christmas. Well now Christmas has come and Christmas has gone and you know what? A lot of us are still waiting. So what are we waiting for? Well, if any of you are familiar with the Apostles' Creed, which is kind of like the short basic summary of what we believe as Christians, this is the part when we're talking about Jesus and we say, on the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. That's the idea of the second coming, this idea that one day Jesus is going to come back and God's going to finish what God started. So. What did God start? Um, thanks to pop culture and books like the Left Behind series, I think most of us have this idea that the second coming or the end times is going to be like all of us, or at least some of us, getting whooshed up into the sky away from this world of sorrow and sin. Uh, but actually, in the Bible, in both the Jewish and the Christian traditions, um, it's not so much any of us going up to heaven, it's much more like God dragging heaven down to earth. God slowly recreating um, this entire world. And um, so in both the Jewish and the Christian traditions, and really every tradition, they have uh, something like this to try and help us give words to what all of us already experience to be true all the time, which is that um, in our world, there is both great pain and great beauty. And we see this um, at like a cosmic level and we see this at an individual level. Cause like we look around us, uh, especially this past year, and we see like appalling injustice, uh, so much suffering, so much harm. Um, but we also look around and we see incredible acts of kindness. Um, people working tirelessly in so many different ways. People always finding um, new and creative ways to take care of each other and connect with each other and um, make a difference in their own communities. Great pain and great beauty. And then we look inward and we see that same thing, right? Like in the words of Nadia Boltzweber, I am both sinner and saved 100% of both, 100% of the time. I have an enormous capacity for destruction of myself and others, and I have an enormous capacity for kindness and sacrifice and love. And so each religious tradition, including our own, tries to give words to this reality, both beauty and pain, bitter and sweet, coexisting side by side. In our Christian tradition, we often call them sin and salvation. But our faith, um, does more than just name the reality that's around us. It goes one step further and it assigns meaning and movement to this moment that we're in by placing it in the middle of a much larger story. Our faith says that where we are right now, this is just one point in between the beginning of God's creation of the world and the culmination of God's recreation of this world and all of us. That there is a direction to history there's somewhere we're headed. And faith goes even one step further to claim that the ending, because God is writing it, it is going to be a good one. We believe that in the end, life wins and love wins 
and all will be well. This is the hope and promise of Christ. And actually, Christianity and Judaism are not so different in this way. Usually we think that the main difference between the two is you know, that as Christians, we think that Jesus is the Messiah and has come already, whereas Jews are still waiting for the Messiah to come. And that's not like untrue, right? But um, even as Christians, even though we believe Jesus has come, here we are still waiting for Jesus to come back. So both traditions and really all major faith traditions recognize this kind of in-betweenness, um, this already and not yet of the place that we're in. And you know what? At this particular moment in history, you and I, we are living through the perfect analogy of this already and not yet theology because we have seen news coverage of trucks full of vaccines leaving distribution centers. And we've seen Facebook feed photos of our friends receiving the vaccine. Some of you watching this have already received that vaccine. And we know there's a long way yet to go. So I'm talking to you from the Bread of Healing Clinic. It's one of our partners. Um, it's a clinic that runs out of the basement of Cross Lutheran Church, and it is an incredible place. People here provide top quality healthcare for those who are uninsured or underinsured. They've got their own pharmacy back here. They've got a dental clinic. They have social workers on site. They've got mental health services, nutrition services. It's like really an incredible place and, um, and they serve incredible people and just really, really good and hopeful stories unfold here. Um, and actually they run on like a total shoestring budget, funding sources cobbled together from all different places, always in flux, grants, donations, including some funds from our church, which we are incredibly proud of. And there's people from Unity here uh, as staff or volunteers like most days, which we're also very proud of. And just how cool that all of you, through your connection with Unity, you also are part of what happens here, which is an honor. Um, and it's an honor always, of course, but especially this past year, because the work of this clinic has never been harder and it has never been more important. And every curveball that COVID has thrown at them, they have just kept figuring it out and figuring it out, finding new ways to keep going and keep serving. And so, who knows when the vaccine's gonna arrive here, right? Because free clinics, not to mention the people they serve, don't tend to be at the top of any list or the front of any line. But until that day comes, they're gonna keep working and keep serving, and we will keep doing everything we can to support them in that. For us, as Christians, Christmas is the moment the momentum shifts. Faith looks around and sees, yeah, God's just not right, done writing this story, but Christmas, it's the moment the momentum shifts. It doesn't fix everything overnight. The end is still a long way off, but at least the end is in sight. Hope has arrived. The word became flesh and blood, moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. And we all live off this generous bounty, gift after gift 
after gift. That's John 1. This is the moment we live in, and it's a hard one. But with the arrival of Christmas, the momentum has shifted. History has a direction, and it's a good one. So here we are on the precipice, eagerly awaiting a new year, eagerly awaiting this vaccine, eagerly awaiting to see what the future brings. But you know what? This thing that we're eagerly awaiting, it is not a return to normalcy. With God, we never go back. God only ever pulls us forward, leads us onward into something new. But because it's God, we know that whatever it is, we can trust that it is good. So, welcome 2021. Welcome vaccine. Welcome Christ child. We trust you to keep writing the story of our salvation. We trust you to keep unveiling our world's recreation. May you in your goodness grant us the grace to see it with our own eyes a little bit at a time. Amen. Whew, okay, that'll do.